And welcome to this week's bonus podcast where we will be doing a double feature character profile of Judy and Gary Mallet. This is a, this is a special like once off, isn't it? Like We've done it a few times before. We? Well yeah, back oh. in the early days. Well although actually I think it was maybe episode I can't remember when it was. Well it was the first Valentine's Day we did on the podcast. We did Stan and Hilda Ogden together. That was a bit silly. As a couple. I, I know. Although, like Gary and Judy, you can't really have one without the other. And the reason that we've oh, put them both is exactly a Michael Gemma podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, the reason that I've decided to put Judy and Gary together is that although they were I mean they were in the show together for what, three, four years maybe? Um, I always think of them like in the late nineties as being like a little a little blip. On, on the curry history books, but they're actually in the show a decent amount of time. But the vast majority of their stories were about them together as a couple. It wasn't like, you know, one of them went off and did this one story, the other one had this one. They were together all the time, until Judy's untimely death, of course. And, but then even then, uh, Gary only managed an extra year on top of that on the show before um, heading off to Pastures New in Blackpool, which is which is why we decided another reason to put this show out today. If you've been following at ITV3 pace um, for classic Coronation Street, you'll have seen Gary make his final appearance um, just last week, I think. So why not take the time to, uh, to go back and relive some of the Mallet's mega memories? And yes. that's alliteration for you there. Mega memories. Gemma. Mega ma- mallet memories. Tell us some stats about the mallets. Judy was born on the 14th of August in 1971 and she died on the 24th of September 1999. She didn't even get to see the year 2000. I that know, it's like, it's like so close, so close. That really And sucks. when you're that young, you think, oh, of course I'm going to make it until you new Yeah, year, I'm going to get you? robots and flying cars. Yeah, yeah. She no. didn't get any of those things. No. Her mother was Joyce Smedley. And she didn't make it to the year 2000 either. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't even make it as far as Judy did. She was married to Gary Mallett in 1993. That was a vintage year for weddings. Children, <laughs> Billy Mallett, 1998. And Becky Mallett, also 1998. There haven't been... I'm trying to think. We, we have done character discussion on... I mean, it's like a feature discussion on the podcast on twins before, haven't we? I can't think of very many twins that have actually been born on Coronation Street. You've got, like, you know, the McDonald hmm. twins. Oh, there's the Adahan twins, yeah. I suppose. They're born at the same time. But it's a fairly rare thing and so, just like real life. But yeah, Billy and Becky, or William Rebecca, as uh, Judy was wanted to call them. I was going to say, are they are they Billiam and Beckerly, or they were, are they, they William def- and Rebecca? They were definitely William and Rebecca at first, but everybody called them Billy and Becky, and I think it kind of stuck. And then Judy died so she didn't have anything to say about it after that. I think they were pretty much Billy and Becky by the time that Gary left. See, neither of us have this problem, but I always thought if I had a name that you could shorten to a nickname that was a different letter than my normal name, it would irritate me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. then your what, initials what your are initials wrong. Be? Yeah, you'd have to decide. You'd have to, like, if you're getting a monogrammed embroidered slippers yeah. with your initials on them, what, I mean, what a dilemma. I know. She anyway. first appeared on the both first appeared on the second of October, nineteen ninety five. Gemma's birthday. When I was a little kid, I was like, "Yeah." This is your this is your thirteenth birthday. They appeared on the, the, the very day that you became a teenager. Time. Here's some trivia for you. No, it's a quiz. Quick pie quiz. Name me some of the characters that made their first appearance on Coronation Street on a second of October. Pat Phelan. Pat Phelan certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. One Anyone more. else? Yeah. No who? Abby Franklin. What? I tell you what, it is an auspicious day. It is. It is. And it's Gandhi's birthday. I know, you always, you always like to say that. That's my, <laughs> that's my 2nd of October trivia. Um, 
Judy last appeared on the 26th of September 1999 and Gary last appeared on the 1st of October 2000. Judy. It's always funny seeing when some characters clearly have got, like, well, the actors have got my contract is for this many years. If you have a look at the starting dates and the finishing dates of quite a few, they're often <laughs> around about the same time, <laughs> X number of years later. Um, where did I get to? You Gary do, last um, appeared on 1st of October 2000. You've said that, yeah. Judy was in... 355 episodes, Gary was in 242. Despite being in the show for an extra year, but that's what being behind the bar at the Rovers Return does to you. Um, Judy was played by Gaynor Faye and Gary was played by Ian Mercer. Indeed she was. Um, Mallets, now they were a couple that you didn't really know very much about at all before we started watching the old episodes, weren't they? You, you knew of Gaynor Faye. Yes. Uh, and I think we'd seen her out and about at the Soap Awards. Um, Gaynor Faye is one of these sort of british institutions isn't she she's been in lots of things yeah she's she's well liked highly regarded well I, I really really enjoyed judy and and gary i suppose to, to some extent on on coronation street back in the day um but like i said earlier i don't know whether they're massively remembered uh, did they make a mark we'll find out as we go but um yeah i just think she was lovely she kind of is the sort of bubbly personality that exudes warmth and she's yeah. just got a big kind of julia roberts smile hasn't she she does she's and... lovely yeah bubbly is a really good word to describe her nobody yeah. will ever use that word to describe me sad i, th- I, I totally would i'm talking about your bottom but uh, yeah i was gonna say only when <laughs> i had a bit of a dodgy time <laughs> um so um gainer's phase mum is Kay meller now um we this was obviously not planned at all. We, we, we were going to do this uh, podcast, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a few weeks now, but sadly we found out today that Kay Mella just died. The news broke literally this morning, this morning was it, I she think? Passed away, yeah. yeah. Um, so she was a TV script writer whose credits even included Coronation Street. I think she she wrote one episode of Corrie back in 1986, but she was also involved in the storylining side of things for Corrie um, between 96 and 1986 and 1987 as well. And um, Judy... Gainer, sorry, got into acting, you know, partly because her mum was you know, in the telly business as well. Well, also, um, uh, Gainer Faye was in quite a lot of things that her mum had had written or produced. Yeah, yeah. On. I mean, one of the one of the big um, shows that um, that Kay worked on was Fat Friends. So, um, yeah, I didn't. Did you ever watch any of that? No, no. <laughs> I think she's quite famous. Quite well. Quite this is well a, Kay, Kay Mell has had many, very many tributes today. She has. She's I mean, the Twitter feed was flooded with them. Career, very, very um, sad loss for everybody. A, a real tragedy because she had worked on lots. Even uh, recently, I think the the syndicate, which also oh yeah yeah, uh, Gaynor Faye was in. Mm, mm. So that that's really sad. So I can only assume that she had a bit of an influence on Gaynor. Um, go, getting into showbiz. Yeah, no, I, I was um, when I was doing my notes for this episode. I had some of the older classic Corrie magazines from the late nineties. We've got kind of a, a section of Corrie magazines that run from what ninety two to ninety nine or something like that. So really prime ma- mallet territory there. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, there was there was one particular article which was about um, Gaynor and her mum, and it's just like yeah, Aww. love my mum, my mum's the best friend kind of thing. Oh, it's absolutely it's got, awful. Yeah, it's just awful that this has really happened sad. now um but yeah but what a legacy that she leaves behind mm. too yeah exactly exactly so Gaynor um got into 
she got into acting after apparently enjoying the attention that she got from the lads playing Dorothy and Gregory's girl during her O-levels. She was, this is one of the things I got from the magazine. She was just like, oh yeah, it turns out that when you're on stage, all the boys fancy you and she quite liked well, that. Well, can I just say that is how Kate Middleton launched her career to be future queen of the United Kingdom. <laughs> um, now, she had done a number of telly shows before Corrie had Gaynor, starting in 1991 in The Sharp End. Um, she was also in Peak Practice for a couple of episodes. Classic. Coogan's Run. Classic. Playing a character else. called The Prostitute. No, <laughs> now called the sex worker. Yeah, the retcon there. Mm. But um, she got a role on Corrie after um, going to the audition for Judy. She was apparently given 10 minutes to rehearse a scene. Um, and then she had sat to perform in front of the producer alongside a couple of other Gary hopefuls, although Ian Mercer wasn't actually one of them. Well, but they did. They didn't know each other before. Um, did they? Before getting the job, yeah. Apparently, when she got the part, then she kind of phoned him up or, or whatever and said, "I got the part. I got the part." It's like I got the part as well. Oh, so that's always nice. I love it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think about some other examples, but there have been a few, haven't there, where um, actors who have known and worked with each other in the past have just kind of been put together on Corey, and oh. that old chemistry comes back again. And it certainly did with Gary and Judy. I thought they were a very, very genuine feeling that's couple, right, weren't yeah. they? They were. They weren't. Well, we'll, we'll, say, we'll say a bit more we'll about them in a bit. It. We'll, we'll get. To, we'll get to it. it. So Ian Mercer, on the other hand, his um, TV debut was in a TV mo- movie called Oi for England, and that was in 1982. Do you know anything about this? Um, no. Okay. I'm going to say football related, maybe. I was thinking more like pies, like they make pigeon pies. What's that for got to England? do with Oi? Like, oi, do you want a pie? I don't know, we'll have to watch, we'll have to watch it and find out where we maybe <laughs> put it on the backlog. Um, so yeah, he played um, a character um, in Brookside as well for five episodes. We've done the soaps before Coronation Street. Uh, and Ian continued just making other short appearances in various shows in the 80s and 90s before getting this role of Gary Mallet. Um, he did have a bit of a backup um, business as well because he trained Backup business yeah he trained as an electrician no it's not an electrician sorry an engineer so if it didn't work out I mean that's he could have gone back to that he got halfway through an ass- apprenticeship so the role of Gary was um, was quite like him really because Gary was all into his he was a bit of a he was a bit of a sparky wasn't he Isn't... I don't think you can get halfway through an apprenticeship and say that you're an engineer I, d- I don't know I bet that's uh... probably like a really crucial like lesson that you miss. (laughs) So this is what Ian had to say about the Mallet's debut on Coronation Street. I think people on the street might well have some run-ins with them because they're going to be very loud, very brash and very happy to be there. In their defence, I think they're good-hearted and the type of people who'd do anything at all for you but you wouldn't want them living next door. Gary is big-hearted, passionate, big drinking, hard living guy and he's going to be masses of fun to play. So it looks like he was really looking forward to kicking off that role back in 97. Not 97, 95, sorry. Gain of Faye said, uh, Judy and Gary are passionate about everything. About arguing, about each other, everything. I think they're a fantastic couple but they aren't going to settle in quickly. So it was really funny because I mean everybody remembers the Battersby's arrival on the street and that was in 1997 being the, the family that shook up the street and like all the neighbours hated them and they were like the neighbours from hell which seems to me as being very 90s sort of thing when you know when the neighbours from hell was a bit of a as but no not as yeah as, that but kind of I, thing I definitely you know? think 
Yeah, that's right. I wonder and, what And it people was. were like put on TV just for being loud and obnoxious. It was just yeah. just before the Big Brother craze came in, wasn't it? And um, the mallets were a little bit like proto Battersbiz, I think, um, because all of the Coronation Street people, all, all the all the residents, got really their backs um, got got really wound up by their constant noise and Gary's drumming and everything, and they just totally lowered the tone of the road of the street unbeknownst to them that two years away uh, two years time the Battersby's were coming and they'd show them what chavs really do mean exactly when, when I think back to Gary and Judy now I don't think of them as being like that at all really they certainly it's were very quite quaint, isn't it? it is a bit they were certainly quite brash when they made an entrance I mean Julie came in Judy. Um, Judy came in sorry to the show and she was like oh I love the cladding because they moved into number nine back in 1995 after the Duckworths bought the Rovers so um the, the house that's got this hideously garish blue and yellow cladding on the front and people were saying who on earth is going to buy this um, and that that was quite a good way of telling the viewer straight away what sort of characters they were letting themselves in for because whereas everybody else would be turning their nose up at this hideous eyesore Judy was like this is amazing look at my look at my fancy house and, uh, and also they were, like looking around she's like saying oh you got do you remember they had the Duckworth had um like a mini bar and uh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the spirits and everything she loved That's all that high class that is yeah, but I think they definitely did tone them down like they did with pretty much all of the other batters, but apart from maybe Les over their time in the show, but um, they certainly knew how to make an entrance at least. So she was she worked in an arcade, didn't she? Yes, at the beginning she did. <laughs> oh, bless oh, you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, she was no, she kind of worked behind the the counter at an arcade, uh, and that tied into some of her later stories. He was an ex oil rig worker, but um, when he moved into the show, he was like laying cables for phones or something. He's an expert cable layer which sounds I'll tell you what though something else yeah okay but you don't get that anymore well the cables are all day don't they to lay them no but you do. don't get people going <laughs> you get people coming and going hi I'm a thing that everybody knows what it is or I work on the street like I'm a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or something like one word mm. you know like a, a, a profession that has a one word description that everybody's heard of yeah or I have no skills, therefore I shall work in the cabin, mm. the corner shop, the bistro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like okay. I own businesses. Yeah. That's really it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's There's good, nobody else like, nobody else comes in going, I'm an arcade assistant and I, I, I used to work in an oil rig, do they? No, that does seem... It seems very normal for Coronation Street. I think because most people kind of come into Coronation Street, they haven't brought in a lot of new characters for a while now, have they? I mean, they don't come in in droves anymore. No. But they always have to think, well, we probably need to get them a job on the street or at least in a building that we've got a set for. Quick, and... what's the job? Chef. Good, great, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so anyway, they, they basically spent most of the rest of 1995, because they were only in it for a couple of months, basically, um, winding up the neighbours unintentionally with their drumming and their arguing and their Christmas lights, which, like, they had the first Christmas there, they just plastered the outside of number nine in bright coloured Christmas lights and a, a flashing sign that said Santa's Nookie Nest. And, um, yeah, they really, really made a great impression, on me at least, because I, I thought they were a lot of fun when they first started and when we watched the classic Coronation Street episode um, when Judy and Gary moved in I thought yeah they're brilliant I, I absolutely love them but I know that a lot of viewers didn't take to them very well at all uh, to begin with so um, 1996 um, 
This uh, video didn't start off very well for Gary because he ended up electrocuting himself on some faulty wiring in number nine. Um, he goes to the Duckworth and is like, I'm gonna, what's going on with your wiring in this house here? Um, and he, and so to retaliate to that, the Duckworth banned the mallets from coming into the well, no, Rovers. No, because he tried to get them to pay up for sorting it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, it's not our house anymore. This is what I worried about would happen when we moved out of our house because we were always told the wiring was really, really dodgy in our old house and it needed redoing. But, you know, we're, we're what, eight months down the line at this point and I, I think we're probably okay, touch wood. But, um, anyway. that, I mean, if we can't get the people that lived in this house to b buy new decking... Exactly. Then we're not going to pay for in electricity. The clear, in the clear. But, so uh, anyway, they settled their differences by um, employing Judy behind the bar. So now Judy is a bar worker and an arcade worker. Well, if you worker. can't beat them, join them. Exactly, she should join the Duckworth behind the bar. Uh, not long into 1996, we also saw Judy's mum, Joyce, um, and her dog, Scamper. They kind of joined the clan in uh, in February. What a great Enid Blyton name for a dog. Scamper. I know, it totally is, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Um, now, the character of Joyce... Again, I don't think she's particularly gone down in Corrie history. She she ends up getting splattered by a car. Um, uh, spoilers. Spoiler, maybe uh, in about a year or two's time. But um, the, the way that they brought her in was by making her out to be a bit of a scrounger. She's never gotten any money, partly because of a habit she has of going through all the shopping catalogues and buying up whatever she could find. Yeah, but they're so addictive because you go through and you're like, I could get what I could buy circle this that, bra circle that, circle for that. one p a week for the next two years. She loved all that stuff. Uh, Judy was just totally fed up of subbing her all the time and got Jack and Vera to give her a cleaner's job at the Rovers to try and get her a bit of extra cash. And um, she didn't say that she was her mum at first, though. She was just like, I, I recommend this person. No, did she recommend her? She was like, oh, somebody here said they want to be a cleaner. And it wasn't until Joyce actually got the job <laughs> when, um, Too when late, Judy suckers. revealed. Yeah, she's me mum. So um, we also had that year um, the story with Betty's Hotshot, the racehorse. Gary um, had a share in that, although Judy immediately got him to sell it because they couldn't afford it. Um, but their luck was... Um, they were on, on the up later on in the year. What's it, what's it, what do I want to say? They had a change of fortunes later on in the year when they won a conservatory in their mum's catalogue. What in, in Judy's a weird catalog. thing to win. Yeah, it's one of these things. I think it was like if you buy enough things from our catalogue, you automatically get put into a drawer and it's a conservatory. Now, I don't know how much call there is for conservatories in the terraced houses in Coronation Street. Well, I do, I suppose, because they can't put it up and they ended up selling it to um, Derek and Mavis across the road. And that is the conservatory that is now Sally's. See, this made me think, Sally really is is due a, a, a calamity with her conservatory. I mean, this conservatory is nearly 30 years old at this point. This conservatory point. This, this must be falling at this to point. pieces. Yeah. Where's the storyline about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long they last, but see, as as like homeowners, mm. we are now very much well aware of the continuing mm. annoying bills that come in for things that break. Yes, for example, just um, when was it? Was it last weekend or the weekend before? I was going up the stairs in our garden up to our decking, and I put my foot through a stair. Yeah. As it, and it, it broke. Died. Yeah. And we've had quotes to get the whole stairs fixed and it's going to be rather expensive, isn't rather it? Rather expensive. So, uh, so um, where's the storylines about this on Coronation Street? I don't... I mean, Sally it's mundane, but... Sally would be aghast but... if her conservatory... Like, that's like her secret power, isn't it? That's Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's she her, thinks, yeah, it gives her... Her strength. It's, yeah. It's, it's like Samson's hair, isn't it? Sally's conservatory. Yeah. See, 
yeah, it's due, it's due falling down. Curry yeah. writers, take note. Yeah, there you go. I can have that one on us. Um, Samantha Failsworth, um, another barmaid at the Rovers, gets into a bit of a clash with Judy midway through 1996 as well, because um, Gary's shown a bit of an interest in her, this uh, beautiful biker chick um, barmaid, and he lets her ride his bike, because he's got, you know, because he's a, he's a bit of a... I'm not not categorising people. I'm not I'm not saying that everybody who's got a bike is a bit of a ruffian. But I guess if, if in the nineties I wanted to say that somebody was a bit of a lout, I might make them play the drums, put up coloured Christmas lights, and give them a motorbike. And See, just so the TV viewers really really know that they are they're know, they're, they're rough. <laughs> I was reading. I read these notes earlier, and I did not know it was a motorbike. So I was like, oh, she's riding a bicycle. No, no, and in my mind, motorbike. I had a very vivid vivid image of Samantha Failsworth on this cute little bike, like, riding around in circles on the cobbles going, tring, tring. No, no, she was all sexy up in her leathers and everything. Yeah, I, so, I've got a very innocent take on letting her ride his bike. Yeah, he, he, let, he lets her have a go on it, and then Judy finds out she is not happy with this, and Gary says, oh, she was just trying to buy it off of me, but Samantha ends up calling his bluff and says, well, here you yeah, go, here's £680 for it, this is in front of Judy, so Gary's got no choice than to, uh, to sell it to her. So, yeah, sadly, his bike, his pride and joy... Was up the road and far away with Samantha on the I'm back. I'm sorry, of it. but what a pushover! Yeah, I know. Just say no. It's Just worth, say no it's to bike buying, mm. and she won't buy it. Um, this is the time when I think the main story of the mallets kind of kicked off because when I think back to them as, as a couple, I think that it was just basically the continual strive to have a baby, wasn't it? Judy yeah. was absolutely desperate to become a mum and it all kind of started off here. Was she? she? Al- well, she always, she'd always wanted to have kids, um, but, but it was this storyline that kind of kicked it off. But I thought she she reveals something. She she does later she, on. Yeah. Does she know this all along? I don't know. We'll find out when we. Well, we won't find out. I don't know at all. But yeah, she she decides that she wants to have a baby, and then for the next kind of six, eight, nine months, um, they she they they that rutting old Gary baby. has to help her out. Yeah. She, she basically, she, and, and this is tied into the Samantha Failsworth story because Judy was like, I need to make the mark on this guy. I need to, I need to keep stopping from yeah. going astray. I need the, him uh, the to have a very chicks. strong biological link to me forever. Yes. Um, Gary does start to worry he's sterile um, before the end of the year, but um, he's not the place where the problem is, actually. Um, in December, Joyce tells Judy and Gary that she's being sexually harassed by her landlord. But actually, that's fine, she's not really. She just owes him £450 because now she's got a scratch card addiction, which is another very 90s thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The next thing you know, you'll be telling me that she was drinking Alcopops. Oh yeah, I bet she was. (laughs) Mm. Um, She's been stealing at the tills, at the Rovers, Sunliners. Wearing bucket hats and listening to Oasis and telling people to F off. Exactly. And also Cool Britannia. Love it. Judy says, right, I'll pay your rent and, and uh, to, to sort you out. But Joyce kind of resents her help. She, she's a bit embarrassed about it all. But she doesn't have to be embarrassed for long because tragedy strikes in 1997, Gemma. Joyce, Passing over to you. Joyce gets hit so. and splattered by Tony Horrocks' car. Yeah, she's out, she's out taking Scamper for a walk. She's like, Scamper, stop! And then she goes, poof. Yeah. Sad. Sad I remember this episode, yeah. I remember a lot of this stuff. It's um, there's some good, good mullet scenes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, as characters that you didn't know anything about really before we rewatched it, I think they were definitely ones that made a bit of an impression on you. 
in the later years because when we were watching other 60s and 70s episodes that which was brand new to, to both of us really there were so many characters we were like I love them I love them I love them as we get more into the 90s and the noughties the new characters that we absolutely love dry up a bit don't they but yeah. the, the mallets were certainly a, a beacon of fun in uh, in Corrie's Second half, I suppose. <laughs> now, Judy blames Scamper for Joyce's death because he'd run out into the road and that's why Joyce got hit. Mm, mm. But um, also the reason that she blames Scamper is because she said she'd walk him herself and the last conversation that she had with her mum was them arguing over the fact that she was supposed to walk the dog yeah, and she so didn't she do it. Yeah, so she obviously had an awful lot of guilt there. So it's her fault, take... not Scamper's fault. <laughs> but she blames Scamper anyway and she tells Gary to get him put down. <laughs> Gary walks off with the dog and she regrets it immediately, but it turns out that he had actually taken um, Scamper to the Duckworth to ask them to look after him for the night. That, that would have been like... I wonder whether that would have changed people's perceptions of Judy a little bit if she'd actually had this innocent dog put to sleep. But I remember the scene where Gary brings Scamper back home and Judy's, like, so relieved to see him and she's, like, hugging him and crying. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, we'll oh, keep you boy. Oh, Scamper. I know, I know. So, yeah, she's she's thrilled when he turns back up and, and agrees to take him in yeah. and keep him. And the situation causes um, a, bit of a, gr- a bit of grief between them because Gary's, like... Well, she's dead. <laughs> That's yes. great. She, she, he wasn't much of a fan of, of Joyce was Gary. There were some brilliant scenes there. Another one I remember at the time was um, when Tony Horrocks, who was driving the car, is like sitting at their table in the, in the in the lounge at number nine. And I think at the time, Judy doesn't realise it's him. And he kind of, he says, yeah, it was me that was the driver. And she was just utterly distraught. Who ran her over? Tony Horrocks, yeah, Natalie's oh, yeah. son. I think this oh, yeah, is before yeah, Natalie yeah. was in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was a really, he really powerful in... scene. In a hole. He does end up dead in a ditch, does Tony. So, goes around, comes around. And you know what the funny thing is? Mm. Scamper's still going. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't think so. I think he might have scampered scampered over the Rainbow Bridge by this point. No, it's canon that Scamper has not had an on-screen or off-screen death. I can't actually remember. I don't know whether whether Scamper did get killed off or whether it just disappeared like Monica did. Lots of dogs have disappeared into black holes on Coronation Street. (laughs) Maybe it's the sinkhole opening up. Maybe that was the first sign. (laughs) Anyway, in May, Judy's continued... uh, No, she's contending, sorry... With teen tearaways, Zoe, Tattersall, mm-hmm. and Liam, not Connor, at the arcade where she works, they tried to blackmail her by saying that Gary had assaulted Liam. Can I just pause for a moment and say, yes, everybody, there's going to be a bit of a crossover at this point with our character profile of Zoe that we did last year. I may even have just copied and pasted some notes from that when I was putting this together at the weekend. But the story of Judy and Zoe are so, you know, intertwined it kind of becomes Zoe's story a little bit now. Um, and and um, this is another character that I really, really enjoyed, played by uh, Joe Froggart, who's obviously now found great fame playing... What's her name? Anna, is it? In, a, in the yeah, Downton so. Abbey uh, series? Blonde yeah, maid number one in Downton Abbey. Yeah, but she came into it a bit as, as this, like, scummy teenager that were trying to blackmail Judy. Yeah, proper uh, scummy. Judy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're all having uh, arguments in the arcade. Um... They've already threatened Judy, so Judy doesn't believe... Um... They, they say that Gary beat up Liam, basically. I think they're saying, give us some money, and Judy's like, no. And then they made out and said, well, we're going to say that well, your husband's he beat, beat him up. And she's like, up. well, yeah, that's probably true, because he was defending her. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think so, I think so. So she steals money from the Rovers, 
to give them the money that they want. Mm -hmm. Bad idea. So Zoe and Judy get into an argument at the arcade and Judy slaps her and it comes out. I don't know. <laughs> Zoe's the, the baby pregnant. doesn't come out. <laughs> slaps her really hard around the face that a baby just pops right out. I haven't said the bit about she's pregnant. It comes out that Zoe's pregnant and she wants an abortion, but I don't know, like, so what? So Judy slaps her and Zoe's like, how could you? I'm already upset because I'm pregnant and I want an abortion. I don't know exactly how it came out, but it was <laughs> Maybe she's like, be careful. Time. I've got a baby in me. Actually, I don't care because I want an abortion. There's lots of different ways they could have written this, but those are just two. Yeah. Two you examples. You have to watch the episode yeah. to find um, out. So that's why she needs the money. And Judy's horrified because she wants a baby herself. And here's a woman who's who's carrying a child and doesn't want it. Mm. Oh, what a thorny dilemma. <laughs> what could happen here, I wonder? Right, so then Judy talks to Gary about this and she admits that she had had an abortion years ago when she was 16 and she is infertile. So I assume she didn't know this. I can't or remember. Maybe, maybe she, she was just kind of hoping if they do it enough, yeah. it's going to get through eventually. God will go, all right, okay, have this one. Yeah. Judy suggests to Gary that they raise Zoe's child as their own. And he says, that's stupid. Zoe, you should run away. Because I think he's seen <laughs> this program before. Taking, taking on somebody's child and raising it on your own, if there's been a bit of a drama behind it, is not always a good, uh, good plan. Well, um, the following month, Zoe turns up on, on the mallet's doorstep and Judy takes her in and then they do their sordid deal. One of many baby deals on Coronation Street where mm. Judy agrees to buy this baby for £2,000. That's not bad, is it? And Gary's like, what, 2000 What, and you just get the baby, like the whole baby? The, really? Two grand? Actually, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Hmm... Okay, yeah, let's go for it. I reckon so. Is this a catalogue thing? Are we going to get an entry into another um, conservatory competition? Because we can make money off this deal, you know. If we win the conservatory and we get the baby, if we sell the conservatory for two grand, we've got a free baby. Just save it for when you're an actual scriptwriter, Gemma. I'm hoping that somebody on the show is listening to me and, and knows that I'm full of really good ideas and starts wanting to pay me. <laughs> the going rate is £2,000. Because I need to buy a baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey um, jumps to the conclusion, after they've taken this baby in, mm. that Gary's the father... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 that's right. No, no, they've got, do they just... This is before the baby's born, I think. Yes, I believe because so. Because Audrey knows that it's Zoe is the mum. Yeah. So she starts gossiping and saying, Gary's the dad... Yeah, Judy's kind of pretty furious at first when Audrey says this, but then they kind of... like, oh, do you know what? This might work out. Because then we can just... That that explains why we've got this baby from nowhere. Yeah. Um, So Judy wants to get rid of Zoe as soon as the child is born, but Gary says, actually, we should probably keep her around a bit because the social services might get wind of it and they'll be on to us. Zoe gives birth prematurely and Judy names her Katie... But um, Zoe is not happy. Just uh, We've seen this many times on Cranosia Street, before and since, of the mother, you know, agreeing to give her baby up and then sort of changing her mind when the baby's born, mm. not being able to cope with new parents falling over her child. M- much like what Abby's going through at the moment. But, yeah, Abby never... I mean, Abby had, like, maybe half a day where she was not into keeping Alfie and then <laughs> Toya... Snatched her away. I bet she regrets ever telling Abby that she should um, try again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it really is down to her, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so, there's some really sweet scenes that, that summer. Like Zoe 
yeah, she really finds it difficult to cope and seeing other people watching her kid and, and she'll like go and secretly visit her. And secretly, say, oh, I love sneak, that, good secretly. word. Secretly, I'm going to call you yeah. that word, yeah. Sneakily. She says, oh, I call you, you're, you're not, your name's not Katie, you don't like a Katie, you're a, you're a Shannon to me. Shannon was the baby that was like the hairiest baby Coronation Street's ever had. Massive crop of hair on that kid there was. Good for Shannon. Hmm. Judy and Gary pay Zoe and encourage her to leave before she gets any closer to the baby. While Zoe is away... Leanne finds out about this. No, Leanne's found out about it before. There's there's some scenes where Leanne like Le- Leanne knew. Yeah, Zoe's like I got a secret. That baby, that baby's really um, called Shannon. Gary, baby's not Gary's at all. They just they bought it off of me. So, so Zoe starts spreading. Starts there. trying to spread the, the, the truth about yes. the parentage because Judy is telling everyone that Zoe stole the baby from them, but nobody believes her. I don't know which one. No, no, one. Judy's, telling, no Z- Judy's telling everyone that Zoe stole money from them, I think. There's no baby being stolen there. Well, yeah, okay, My I'm trying to read this. Clear. Sorry. Nobody believes her, as in... Mm-hmm. Judy. So in December, she, as in... Judy. Goes and visits Zoe and asks her, as in Zoe, <laughs> to return to the street. So can you just read that to me in... What does this mean? No, nothing really. It, no, no, you know, can you things just explain just what, what this I, I can't is. remember because this is a bit of a note that I copied and pasted from my Zoe Tattersall character profile. So I wrote this about eight or nine months ago. Leanne's telling everybody this baby. Oh, yes, okay, I'll get it. Leanne's telling everybody that this baby um, is um, was bought by the mallet, um, but nobody believes Leanne about it. Judy's saying, oh, yes, it's not true. Don't, don't believe a word that she says. Um, so... Leanne, this is it. Leanne goes to see Zoe and says, people are talking smack on you down on Coronation Street. You better get yourself down there quick to defend your good name. That's what happened. That's it. Right, so she says, come back to the street. So Zoe turns up at number nine at the naming day. Christening party. No, in the 90s we didn't have naming days. We only had christenings. Um, Judy is terrified that she wants to take the baby back so she disappears with Katie. And then Gary later finds her and promises her that Zoe doesn't want the baby, she just wants more money. But um, Zoe sticks around and crashes Katie's christening party and tells Judy that she wants to see Katie, but it's obvious that she, she wants oh, yeah, to take no, the baby wrong, back. Wrong. My notes are just wrong all over the place. When she comes back, it's not the Christmas party, christening party. She goes away for a bit and then it's the christening party. Apologies, I'm everybody. I'm glad that this makes sense to everybody. This is getting worse than the Dorian Lostock one for a few weeks ago. But I know what I'm talking about, really. Mallets consider running away with the baby. So, Zoe snatches the baby from the mallets as they pack their car to leave. Wouldn't you know it? And um, she runs to Ashley's house and he won't let the mallets in to get the baby back. Yeah, as well, this was very fraught. Zoe had um, had kind of got in there with Ashley, hadn't she? And then well, um, yeah, Maxine she she befriended them, yeah, yeah, um, through through Leanne because I think that this is a time when Leanne was living with Ashley and Maxine, and because Zoe and Leanne were friends, they kind of all got to know each other like that. But Ashley's like, you can't come in, it's not your baby. You can't come in, it's not your baby. Mm-hmm. Liam offers to give them the baby back. So this is Liam, who's the father's, who is the father of the baby. Yeah, Zoe ends who up had going back been, with Liam for a bit. Uh, you know, who had nothing to do with the baby until this point. Yeah. So he's like, we can make money out of this. I'll give you the baby back, but you've got to give me £2,000 again. And Judy thinks, oh, that's that sounds good. Again, catalogue, we can get the, the conservatory. Um, she sleeps with her old boss to pay f- for it. 
I mean, for two grand. Yeah. Who wants to sleep? Who wants to sleep with their old boss? Why not? Um, Desperate times. But Gary's like, I'm not going to pay for this baby again. This is silly. I've got a receipt here. (laughs) (laughs) I So so what? So Judy's got two grand, right? Did yeah. she get this £2,000? So Gary's, does Gary, Gary doesn't boss, obviously know, bosses, though. thank you very much, have £2,000. Gary the prostitute. doesn't know <laughs> that she's done this. No, he doesn't know that, no. But what, does he not wonder why she's got £2,000? He's a very, he's a, he's a simple man. He's, he's just very Do you think she's accepting. like, don't worry, Gary, every time I told you that bacon was £3.50, it was actually £2.50, and I've been pocketing it. Oh, ever since. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Zoe pulls out of the deal anyway. She decides that she actually wants to keep but now, Sheldon for herself. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Judy, I'm now two grand up. I and, don't, I don't know whether, I can't remember whether they I'm actually... I'm laughing. Yeah, I can't remember whether they gave them the money anyway. So this takes us to 1998. Um, and at the start of the year, Jim takes Gary on as a partner in his building firm. Um, but so hang on, the whole thing, Zoe's gone. That's it. Well, no, well, Zoe still sticks around the street for 1998. I've kind of gone away from Zoe because her story's in 1998. She, I know I know that for a good chunk of 98, she wasn't even in the show, but it kind of, it turns into the cult storyline, you know, which is slightly involving the mallets, but not really. But I am back on pure mallet action now in my notes. So G- Gary and Jim are working together, struggling to get work as builders. Um, so uh, especially... Well, there's one job that comes up where Steve says that you can come and work with me. Um, Steve and Jim aren't really seeing eye to eye at this point. So Jim refuses and Judy's like, come and work for Steve. You don't have any beef with him. So it's all a bit awkward, really. Um, Judy spends part of 98 babysitting for uh, Zoe because she's like, I'm a fed up being a young mum now. I just want to go out clubbing. Babysitting Shannon slash Katie for Zoe because she's like the... Yes. The allure of motherhood has worn thin. Yeah, after surprisingly only, after only a few months. But um, sadly, tragedy strikes quite early oh, on in the year because Shannon dies. She has meningitis. So there's one another s- really popular thing in the nineties. That was that was yeah, cop yeah. death and everything. Yeah. I remember being taught in school to rub a glass on myself. Yeah, that's how you roll tell a you glass. Meningitis, and it's something to do with if the dots go away or they don't. <laughs> one or the other. You're in trouble. If you, if you don't go away, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Zo- Zoe was a really terrible mum and she was very neglectful. And um, she would just, yeah, swan off for, for days or, or for, you know, all night raves know, leaving this baby. It wasn't Even down when... to neglect that she got meningitis because that's not fair on parents. No, no, but it, it, there, were, there were weeks leading up to it where Shannon was coughing and coughing well, she and coughing. Was, yeah, and Zoe she was, was like, not don't well... worry about it, it's fine. She was not well looked after. It wasn't just that, that um, Zoe was neglectful as in attention, but she also was being raised in like a dump. No, she she was. They were back at um. The, yeah, but at times she had been raised in a dump. Yeah, she had. She, she they went like back to the squat at some point. And I remember a, a scene where um Shannon's left just alone in this yeah. candle lit room yes. while while Liam and Zoe go out clubbing. Yeah, like but surrounded no, with like piles of news. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, at this time they're at um Ashley and Maxine's house. So Nick and Leanne are babysitting one night, and Leanne goes upstairs and she kind of comes screaming down, like Shannon, Shannon, she's not moving, she's gone blue and. Oh, that's Jane Danson was absolutely fantastic in that scene. And um, yeah, Shannon dies. And to make things even more awkward, the Mallets had literally found out that day, I think, that Judy had got pregnant herself. So um, yeah, that made it a bit more difficult. Um, 
Zoe later on that year found out about Judy sleeping with her boss for that £2,000 because she's at some um, support group or other and then this boss is there who has who's like saying, oh, I slept with one of my employees, it's, it was awful, it's really affected me badly um, and, and Zoe kind of puts two and two together and realises that it's Judy that he's talking about. Um, and then so that all comes out. Judy and Gary split up for a little bit and uh, at the end of the year they're back together again and Judy gives birth to the twins, William and Rebecca, on Christmas Day. Oh, another of, Christmas Day baby. One of Corrie's only Christmas Day babies and definitely the only Christmas Day twins. Um, when I was reading through the Corrie magazines as well for this, um, there was an article in one of them which was about the mums and the babies who were playing these two twins. Apparently one of them was approached the day after being born. Literally, the baby gets popped out the next day. There's like, you want to you wanna be on Coronation Street? And the mum was, yes, please. The other was like a week and a half or so after... Um, they were born that they were asked to be on Coronation Street and the article's quite interesting they basically just talk about Gaynor and Ian being lovely and being and them being excited to watch their little kids on TV um, very and, cute yeah it was it was funny that they're also saying oh my, my, my kids could grow up and be famous household names and <laughs> didn't really work out did it because a, mm. like a year later they were, they were off but sure it was exciting for them at the time um, Gaynor at the time there was also a quote in there saying um I, I hope that the writers can keep the comedy going and they don't just talk about babies all the time, which is something that we always hate when uh, characters give birth on Coronation Street, isn't it? That they basically become a mum or a dad for the next six, seven, eight years or whatever. Yeah, you're only a parent for Man, it didn't years, last Max. that long. 1999, Gary starts up a window cleaning round. Then one day while he's out cleaning windows, he interrupts a burglar who who runs off, but the lady in the house thinks he's the burglar oh, and calls yeah. the police on him. The truth comes out, and she tells the Gazette how brave he was. I think she's feeling guilty. And he gets <laughs> in the papers, and there's pictures of him with this lady draped all over him. And she, Judy's not happy, but neither is the woman's husband. This is quite interesting. I just kind of thought that when Gary, in the next year, he rescues that boy from drowning in Blackpool, doesn't he? So he was, he was a bit of a hero, wasn't he? I know, he's a bit was of an Gary. He, he was. He was just like a, an everyman that was like, well, of course I would save somebody because... Why wouldn't you? Yeah, and on both of those occasions as well, he ends up getting himself in the paper and kind of romantically linked with, the, with one of the people as well, though he, well, he didn't. He, he didn't, you know, have an affair with this woman. But, yeah, I, I bet when it happened again in the following year, he's like, oh, here we go again. So, so yeah, okay, go go, carry on. Is it, no, this is your year, isn't it? Gary sees the husband in the pub with a girlfriend and then he gets a punch in the face when he's accused of telling the man's wife. And Judy is very suspicious of all of this and she has to be convinced that they are not really having an affair. Yeah, th th that was quite... Um, Vera and Jackish, Hilda and Stanish, like the 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 woman thinking that their that their husband is playing away. so irresistible that they'd be playing away when really nothing further than the truth. Although I suppose in the Duckworth case it was well, Jack Dulcie Frogger. It yeah. was exactly what had happened. But yeah, yeah. It, so, it is a bit of a Cory Cory thing. Judy and Vera out in the car in September. Oh dear, I think I know what's coming. There's an accident. And Judy hurts her leg. Yeah, they they get a car driven into them. It's at the Freshco's car park. Does she go to, to she go to the hospital or anything? I don't think she does. I oh. think she was just like, oh, it's fine, it's okay. I think there was, there may have been a scene where she went to the medical centre or 
I don't think the medical centre was there then or, or go somewhere but it turns out there's a big queue so she decides not to but oh, um, this, this is awful this was kind of an issues he saw story wasn't it because it was like this is a, not the sort of thing that you, you ever think would happen yeah ever. If, if you're if you're in an accident or if, if somebody has told you you need to get yourselves checked out then you probably should otherwise well even if you think you're, you're okay like, or Judy Mallet here but you think it like, you think it's just head things, don't you? Like, mm. if you hit your head really badly, even if you feel okay, you probably should go and get it checked out. Yeah. But, like, your leg? You'd never think this would happen. No, especially well, when it didn't particularly think... hurt. She had a bit of a bruise and yeah. that was it. She doesn't think very much about it. And she dies yes. a few weeks later. And this is during Ash- Ashley and Maxine's wedding. It's not, not at the wedding. She didn't ruin the ceremony. During, didn't, didn't I say? Been... At the same time. Yes. She hasn't gone because she's annoyed with Maxine because she was bad-mouthing Gary... Because she doesn't want him to be their best man. Mm-hmm. Maxine yeah, she didn't she, want think... uh, Gary to be Ashley's best man. Yeah, there was a scene where Maxine's in the uh, in the salon talking, talking to Gary about you can't have him. He's far too common to be your best man. And Judy is revealed to be underneath the uh, to be hair drying oh, thing, and so so she's got beef she's with annoyed. Maxine. She's annoyed. So. Yes, but and no, she 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 pegs it, doesn't she? Quite well, literally, her she's legs out there. hurting, and so she. It's another reason that she doesn't really want to go, mm. and she's pegging out the washing when she pegs it herself. You cannot talk about Judy Mallet's death without using the phrase "pegging it." She had developed an embolism in the crash. I don't know what that is. Is it just a blood clot? Or something? I think so. And it just kills her. Yeah, basically. She just falls on the floor. It's so the ba- sad. The baby's it, um, crying in the, the house. I think Emily comes round oh, the back. Oh, yes, that's, that's right. That was they a discover really, the body, really don't sad they? death. And she's just lying there in the yard. That was like Awful. A, a proper tragic... Yeah, she gets left out there, don't they? And people keep going out and going, oh, blimey, I think she is dead. Yeah, and then... And, and, and they call for what, Gary. And, and that was another example of... An early example, actually. One of the first ones of um, a character talking over another scene being played and Gary's doing his best man speech at the wedding about, oh, isn't love great? While his wife, we can see on screen, collapsing and then just lying there with her eyes open. I think that was like one of... That's probably one of my first big Corrie deaths that really affected me, to be honest. It was really, really hard. Did you know it was coming? I don't remember. I don't remember back then. They're always really shocking if you don't know. Yeah, but Ian Mercer also absolutely played a blinder in his, um, his performance of... Yes, it was hard. Because he's like there hugging her and he won't let her go, will he? And I think the, and like, and the, like, the police is like, come on, let... come on, you got to go. you got to let her go now. How could he you? He was so, so good in that. Awful. Mm. So it turns out that the car had been a cut and shut, which I this is another 90s thing. Yes. <laughs> Mallets were just like so 90s, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, so um, I remember my parents always used to buy a second-hand car, like probably loads of people's parents. Um, and they always used to check around the around the sort of the middle of the car because it was quite a common well it's common scam that you would weld two cars together where one of them had been in an accident and obviously it's not very stable yeah so um this car had had that happen to it and it got sold to vera by terry the evil son duckworth's progeny yeah so um, when so the when basically they said the car was Hit slammed it. into it the just side. Kind of like it kind of went whoop. It crumpled in a Sorry, way. Sorry, I can't do anything about it. Done. Um, and and it gets crushed. Yeah, te- to hide the evidence. I think it's the end of an episode scene where Terry's there on the phone and like behind him, this car is getting crushed. He was such a good villain. So villainous. So um, Gary ends up punching Terry at a Christmas do after Jack tracks him down, which is when Terry's son needed the kidney yeah. from somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, ter- yeah, yeah. 
He needed a kidney. He did, he did. So 2000 um, was So Gary's, poor old Gary's continuing on life his own. without his beautiful wife. Yeah. He's got these two annoying children. A beautiful children, sorry. <laughs> um, he doesn't do much. And it's much. a new millennium. It is. Anything could happen. He doesn't do very much in the year 2000. Oh. He kind of goes on holiday with the Duckworth to Blackpool in the summer. Now, there and were this lots is where of he scenes. rescues the boy in the sea. There were lots of scenes of them at this guest house, weren't there? Yeah. And I remember this because it felt like you went on holiday with them and they were yeah, having a nice. great time well, this, this was having the, their breakfast. Well, this is where them, Tyrone and Maria went with them as well. This is where they had their famous of the Blackpool Tower scene. If there's ever a, a scene of decadent family harmony, it's always a breakfast scene where people are enjoying each other's company, the eating in toast, a pot of tea on the table, maybe a toast rack. Mm. What an idyllic existence. So this is when Gary does his hero thing again by yes. rescuing the boy that gets washed out into the ocean. And he's like, he's very, um, very modest about it. And like, he the checks ocean. that the boy's okay and then just kind of walks off. I can't remember who else was there. With don't, him. don't thank me. Anyone yeah. would do the same. But anyway, it, it, people find out that it was him and then he gets himself in the paper. The <laughs> journalist take, doing the article pays to um, have... To, to have Gary and the, this woman, Paula, have dinner the together. The mum of the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Very expensive restaurant they go to. Yeah, and, and, and the, the photographer ends up just hanging around and taking snaps of them, which is not something they signed up for. Well, he's but... an awkward kind of... He's like an awkward common man in this, like, out... You know, fish out of water in this fancy restaurant. I don't need the fame of being in the Blackpool Observer. I don't need to eat this foie gras, <laughs> although it's rather delicious. But it's so evil, I can't have any more of this. <laughs> Yeah, so that and then they kind of bond over the experience of like, isn't this weird? Yeah, and uh, that's that's the kind of icebreaker. Yeah, so he ends up going back to Weatherfield, holiday over, but he uh, he decides that he's going to go and see her again. I think it's kind of like your wife's not cold in the ground, she's, Gary. She barely is. She's not even been dead a year at this point. <laughs> but Ian Mercer's contract's been is running out soon, so you've yeah. got to move fast when these I've things got happen. Settle down. Yeah. So um, he he goes to her house and gets a bit of a shock when the it's her boyfriend there that opens the door. He's Weeps. back on the scene again, and he's this guy is clearly abusive to Paula, and um, Gary tries to stand up to her and um, by fighting this guy and gets himself arrested. Um, so so honourable. Um, but anyway, they basically they end up um, getting together. They they realise that a long distance relationship between Weatherfield and Blackpool isn't really going to work. So they they sell number nine back to the Duckworths, and he moves off to Blackpool. And there they live happily ever after, and are never heard of again. But I'm sure they're doing great. Do you think Gary secretly always hated the cladding? I think he loved it. Mm. Do you think he's, he's like... just as common and Jude as Judy? What was the name of the lady? What lady? Blackpool lady. Paula. Do you think Paula was like, we can get our own clad in, I can paint any brick, yellow or blue? No, that's probably what swung it for him. Yeah. It, he, th- there were some scenes of him kind of like saying, oh, is it too soon to move on? But I think people are just sort of saying to him, you don't get much shots at our happiness in this life, Gary. You go for it. You follow your heart. Also, your contract's ending. Yeah. So that's what they did. If that's you don't leave did. with a bird on your arm, you're going to leave mm. alone. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so Gain of Phase exit was announced in July 1999. And apparently she'd been struggling with the, the commute because she lived in Leeds and it was like a 120 mile round trip. That's madness. Every day, apparently, to, to, to get to work and back. And she said, look, I want to spend more time with my boyfriend. I love the character of Judy to bits. I'm going to miss her. But this will mean I might get a chance to play some varied roles. See, this is interesting because we know that um, 
so, some of the actors live in Manchester, but not mm. all of them, not, not necessarily no. live there. And so some of them kind of like stay in Media City or they have flats or they share flats or whatever in Media City. Because yeah. I know like Jack and um, Jack P. Shepherd and um, the guys who do the podcast. Yeah, yeah, Colson and Ben. Colson. They talk about sharing flat together, don't yeah. they? They've been quite open about that. So so I wonder how more diff- how, how much more difficult it was because Coronation Street, the set, used to be right in the centre of Manchester, whereas now it's in, you know, Med- Media City where it, there are literally flats all the way around it. Mm. Is it easier to find somewhere to stay or, like, to rent somewhere or maybe buy it as an investment, a little flat, and stay there? Is that easier now? Or, you know, why was she why was she travelling 120 miles? I just can't even imagine having to do that. That's crazy. Even if it made you famous. Now, when this exit was announced in July, it was announced at the time. And Michael, what? this was before they had podcasts. I know. She couldn't even what listen to us. Yeah, it was announced that she would be sensationally killed off. And this was, what, three months before it actually happened? Two, three months? Everyone's waiting for her to drop dead. They don't tend to do that much no, these days. If someone's going to be sensationally killed off, usually they they like to keep that quiet. I think... Did, like, when um when Tina, Tina McIntyre got killed off, I think we maybe knew... For quite a while beforehand that she was going, but well, that's because it was a whodunit. It it was at the time, yeah. But I I think that it was quite a long time before she left that we were told there is going to be a whodunit. Oh, I might be remembering I that wrong. I don't know. But then you get the likes of say, um, uh, Kylie Platt, for example. He was also sensationally killed off and it was only two weeks before that happened that it was revealed. Although I remember at the time thinking, I wish they could have just held out a little bit longer and not told us about this. Aidan Connor was another one um, when he was oh. killed off with the suicide well, story. Well, you didn't a... know. You knew I... that something was happening. Did you know he was going to die? I, I, yeah, I, I think I put two and two together about some things, yeah. Well, you. this was when you were going on a... A, a media blackout. Media a spoiler blackout, blackout. And I had to do the podcast about what was happening yeah. because we needed to prepare people mm. because Coronation Street quite responsibly thought that this is going to affect people's mental health if they're just kind of shocked into this. Mm. Whereas in the 90s, there wasn't as much awareness about, you know... Yeah. I, it does make me wonder, like, for mental health reasons, is there, like, a duty of care that Not folks probably. have? I don't know. But, that, you know, who prepared us for the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones? Exactly. exactly. What's going to happen in House of the Dragon? <laughs> Who's going to get eaten by a dragon? I... Is it going to be Doctor Who? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's in it. And then Matt Smith's in it. Um, yeah, so I... I... I think that they shouldn't say. If somebody's going to be sensationally killed off, keep it quiet that they're even leaving, to be honest. Make it make a nice uh, nice secret of it. Now, I've also heard people say that trigger warnings don't actually help. I don't, so don't I, know. So I, I don't know how controversial it is, but I've heard that it, it doesn't necessarily help you. So who, who knows whether, as we learn more about mental health, the approach might change it's quite selfishly, it is more exciting to be shocked <laughs> by things. But I would not like that to be to the detriment of anybody's well-being, obviously. Not, of course. No. So but the, Judy Mallet's dead now, so there's nothing anyone wanna, can wanna. do about it. Jane McNaught was the producer at the time, and she, from doing my reading, had a bit of a reputation as being a bit of a fierce boss, and quite a few people quit under her. Oh. But um, she said of Judy's exit, the decision to kill off a much-loved character came after hours of discussion. We felt we couldn't write Judy out any other way, given the strength of her relationship with Gary an affair would have been wrong and we didn't feel such a committed and loving character would walk out on her twins so this is where my, this is giving me Rana vibes this is this is Rana and Kate vibes isn't it and also Roy and Hayley um, mm. there are a few characters that 
anything other than a death just wouldn't have sat right with us. Especially, I think Roy and Haley were the ultimate. They could not yeah, have really. had one work, work out on the other. But I like I said at the beginning yeah. of the podcast, Judy and Gary were so entwined. They were joined at the hip, especially when they were trying for that baby. Um, yeah. uh, that, that it would have been weird. But then, you know, you, there are other characters that you also think are perfectly suited to each other and then they decided oh let's have one of them have an affair anyway like Tyrone and Molly for example they were brilliant together until the whole Molly having an affair with Kevin storyline well I mean the most famous example is Kevin and Sally yeah yeah exactly because they were deliberately split up yeah but I think create a stir I'm glad that they didn't split up Gary and, and Judy not only because those scenes where she died were fantastic um but I, I do like the idea of them being a, a proper harmonious curry couple where so few exist these days because they're just always fighting and falling you know, out and having affairs. Um, I kind of got a bit a bit of Bailey vibe off of um, the fact that they came in already as an established couple and they were united front for, you know, a lot of the time on the show and, you know, it felt wrong to split them up. I feel the same way about yeah. Ed and Aggie. I really would be very upset if Coronation Street tried to split them up with an affair or whatever. Even though they did, they did have a little bit of a go, but they weathered the storm, didn't they? Mm. But also in that they were quite removed from the action of the street and maybe they were a bit of a kind of, you know... Yeah. I think Gary and, Gary and JD were, were, were a lot more integrated. A more. But, you know, they feel like a unit. They, they definitely do. And what with their main story out of all of that being to do with them having a baby and then also the, the Zoe story who was just brought in to be in their story you're right they they weren't massively integrated but I think having Judy work behind the bar at the Rover certainly helped her getting her face in front of the viewers yeah. hence why she had so well, many more episodes that she started than Gary can I just Gary. point out to you Michael that Weatherfield General is the new Rover's Return no the cafe is the new Rover's Return no Weatherfield General is the new Rover's Return because Aggie's always meeting people there Oh yeah, she's, she's like the yeah. barmaid of the of the of the um, hospital. Yeah, yeah. So when when she's there taking people's blood, she's like, "Is it a pint? Is it?" <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't know if I can give a whole pint. Um, <laughs> how so... much she? I think that is how much she gives, isn't it? <sighs> no idea. Isn't right. it like pint a day? <laughs> <laughs> so Gaynor Fay went on to do, like you said earlier, many many roles after Coronation Street. In fact, I would I would go to say that. She, Coronation Street is not really the role that she's remembered for now. She is certainly for me because I've not seen her in anything else. I think Gaynor Faye is the sort of person where you're like, did you know that she was also in Coronation Street? Yeah, kind of. I mean, that was her big break, really. She had been in other things beforehand, like I said, but she she was much more famous for for this Fat Friends programme that she was in, which was a a drama about people at a slimmers group, I think. Um, Well, wasn't it Horrible Corden was in it? Was James Corden in that? I don't know, I'm not sure. One thing I read about this, and I don't know if this is true or not, maybe people can write in and tell me. She, she, it's the, the, what I read said that she played an actress called Lauren who lands a part in Coronation Street as Judy Mallet. And there's a scene in Fat Friends where they're watching Judy Mallet saying, oh, look, Lauren, that's you playing Judy Mallet. Is this true? Or is this just a massive rumour that I've covered off the internet? And and it's not true at all. But I like the idea of it anyway. Let's just say it happened. Okay, we'll just say it. Everything we say on this show is fact. I think Emmerdale is probably her biggest role now. Um, And she was there for seven years between 2012 and 2019, playing a character called Megan Macy for 805 episodes. Now, see, that was quite a lot more. more That's like four times as much. 
Uh, was she in like two hundred and something? No, she was in like no, no, she was in like three hundred and something. She she was in over twice There's as many episodes as Emma Dale in Coronation Street. Um, so, but I, I don't think we ever saw her in that. But we sometimes like we were waiting for Coronation Street to start. We flick over and there I'd be like, oh, there's Judy Mallet. She was um, in The Syndicate. Yes, yes, you said year. that earlier, playing somebody called Cheryl. So, she, so, so what happened to Megan Macy in, in Emmerdale? Is she dead? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Did she die after she got hit by a car? I don't, I don't remember. It was only a she few years ago. There was no, we probably talked about it at the time. I've forgotten since. But Ian I'm Mercer. sure we've seen her at Soap Awards. Yeah, yeah, we there? have. We've got some pictures of her from when we visited the Soap Awards. Yeah. We Ian like, Mercer's exit from Coronation <laughs> Street um, was of his own doing as well. He quits in April 2000. Now, if you've watched Gary um, in his episode since Judy's death, you're probably thinking, Gary's not doing much at the moment. He's got a bit boring. Without Judy on his arm, what is there to Gary? And I think that Ian Mercer was thinking this at the time well, as well. Can I just point out as well that he was a single dad yeah. with, with twins and there's only so much of, oh, it's a bit difficult to change nappies when you're alone. Yeah. I mean, I, I love them both as a couple, but Judy was definitely my favourite of the two of them. She was the personality, the smile, the, the, the vivacious one, and Gary was just the, the doting husband, but he didn't have anyone to dote of it on anymore, and it was just like, it kind of just got a bit dull. And um, there was an article in The Sun in April 2000, um, which said where he said, um, the nature of being in a soap means there can be no periods where you're not working that much when other characters' stories are more no, prominent. there can be periods. There can be periods, exactly. In fact, it's quite common. There, there can be periods when you're not working much when other people are. That suits a lot of people, but it doesn't suit me. You I'm very like grateful for having five years on the programme, but what are wings if you don't spread them? So basically he's saying, I don't they're know, not using me. He, he kind of talks about... Um, well, there, there, there's also... He allegedly says to a colleague on the street, I can't take any more walking down the street with my ladders over my shoulder and saying ineffective one-liners like morning love or nice day in it. So, um, yeah, he, th- it looks like he was just getting mightily peed off that they didn't have anything to do with him. You pay me, I'll be there and I'll say whatever you like. Mm. But so what maybe he acted too soon because another report that I saw in The Sun said that he um, chose the wrong time to quit because according to another Corrie source that they had, bosses were planning to give him a big job. They were going to make him run a taxi firm with Vikram. This is what later turned into streetcars. So that was Vic. Could he and have been the, new, the he, old new Steve McDonald? He could, because it was Vic and Steve that ended up setting up streetcars, wasn't it? But it could have been Gary and Vic. Yeah, but... I can't imagine streetcars without Steve. I can't imagine them not telling him this if they genuinely wanted him to stay so it makes me think they were like oh well we won't give him that then if yeah. he doesn't want to be it well I don't know it's well, it makes me, anyway. do, you, do you understand what I'm saying it sounds as though they, they were planning on doing it but they weren't fussed either way because if they thought that they really really needed him they would have told him yeah. don't go we want you to do this yeah, it is kind because of a shame said, when an actor feels that they have got no choice but to leave when a colleague leaves Yes. And it must make you feel a bit like... Uh, were, they, were they the main one? <laughs> yeah. But it's a shame that Gary was lovely. But there, was... Are plenty of, there was plenty of opportunities for him, but he, it's up mm. to him what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, there were also reports in June of that year that um, he made a bit of a, a, bit of a boo-boo a by coming into 
um, work um, hungover after his um, third child had been born. They were wetting the baby's head and um, he does an absolute hash job of the scene that he that he's in and uh, he got hauled across the coals by this producer, McNaught, and he then offered to pay £3,200 to reshoot the scenes because they're like, you know how expensive it is to reshoot these scenes? And he says, look, if I'll, I'll pay, pay you the money. And, then, and they accepted it as well, actually. This was is a, this, this is what a, you said? Is this true? Th- th- well, my source was Megastar. And this is, is this a transformer? <laughs> it's a website. Um, well, Cor- Corrie refused to comment at the time. They said, we don't report on... Um... So we can't watch these scenes and go, ah ha No, no, because oh, they, they did it again, but apparently... This was... reminds me of um, Jennifer yeah. Moss. Yeah, the, yeah and exactly. And also... Were, uh, um, Peter... Adamson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there were quite a few people yeah. who... Um, can tell that tale yeah exactly mm. um now i haven't seen him in anything since then uh, but according to his imdb page he's he was you know, still been Same going strong things. ever since um nothing i'd heard of particularly although i was kind of excited when i looked at one thing because on his imdb page it says he was in pirates of the caribbean films but that is not true <laughs> because <laughs> there is a character on the imdb films the quartermaster who was called ian mercer but he's just, that's the but name of the that character. That's the name of the character. But the, the IMDb page says that Ian Mercer was in Pirates of the Caribbean playing Quartermaster. Well, that's so don't believe everything that's IMDb. Because that bloke off the office was in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I, I don't know. So let anybody in it. I, I, yeah, he's, he's still going strong, is Ian. But um, he's not on social media. I remember I put a tweet out a couple of years ago when the mallets first came onto ITV3's Corey. And I was like, hooray, it's so lovely to see the mallets. Gigi, uh, at Gain of Fay and at, at Ian Mercer are brilliant, but it turned out that wasn't actually the right Ian Mercer. And uh, he, the, the the Ian Mercer that I added ended up messaging us like a couple of months down the line saying, can you delete the tweet, please? Because people keep liking the tweet and it's not me. <laughs> so sorry oh, to that, Ian Mercer. We've that got was, such great responsibility here at this show. Yeah. So... Um, that's it for the mallets, really. Um, very fun kind of family. Definitely encapsulated many um, 90s things. Yes. Um, mostly their stories are about having a baby, um, which is, you know, a thing that many couples go through. So I think that in many ways... I would they say were very... the vast majority of couples. Yes. But, but, but struggling to, to conceive. I think they're just very, very relatable and, and kind of down to earth. And it was interesting that when they came in so many people didn't like them and and <laughs> like with the Battersby's it just goes to show no hang on a minute give them a chance don't write anybody off straight away but also Let's the charisma of the actors goes yeah. a long way absolutely absolutely I will finish this off I think with some um, more magazine highlights they did a Q&A in, um, in a couple of issues one of them with, of Cor- with the official Coronation, Coronation Street, magazine. Street magazine so here's my Gain of Fay highlights did you know Gemma that Gain of Fay is frightened of drowning in the sea she shouldn't go in it then well if she does then um, Gary can go and rescue her can't he because he's, he's really good at that is she frightened of swimming and drowning or like being in a boat and drowning any kind of drowning I think she just said she didn't like the uh, the, the bottomlessness of the sea well oh there's a special way word down. for that well that's what Gain of Fay had back in the late is. 90s some sort of phobia isn't it of the, the deep Gain of Fay fact number two she yep. had a black fluffy cat called Baloo wrong 
Three. She had Believes a. a bear. This is a great story. So she had a boyfriend in primary school called Glenn, and Brainy. apparently they'd kiss for hours and be oh. told to stop. Uh. So inappropriate. Um, he tries <laughs> to dump her at some point. Primary school. And primary school dumping, and she says, "No, no, don't dump me. Why don't you come around my house to see all my kittens?" But <laughs> she was making it up. She didn't even have any kittens at home. But it was a line she used to try and get Glenn to stick with her. What I happened? Found that... Did they marry? I don't think they did. I think he must did have found Glenn out. Did Glenn find out her duplicitous nature? That's a kitten secret, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, one of the questions was, what's your most embarrassing moment? And she <laughs> said... Oh, she, she gave this story about when she was on this, this thing, The Sharp End, which was a, the first thing that she was in, I think, and they'd been rehearsing in a scene where she has to pick up a phone. But in the <laughs> rehearsal, she kind of picks up her handphone, you know, you know, with the with the thumb up on one end and the, the the little finger down the other end, saying hello. And then when they actually came to film the scene, the phone, the prop phone, rung, but she still used her handphone. And they're like, okay, now you have to do that. You need to actually pick up the real phone. And we're, we're shooting for real now, so that was very embarrassing. That for was her. awesome. It was one of her early I wonder TV how gigs. many times in in her life she just. Resorted to handphone. Yeah, I wonder. Um, and uh, what she said about Juliet then was... Um, I Judy, do li- not Judy, Judy. She says, I like Judy. I think she's a good-hearted character. Good-hearted are words that are used to describe the mallets quite a lot by these two, aren't Good-hearted they? is a very good... If you if you live your life and people can say that about you, I think you've lived a, a sort of fulfilling and, and wholesome life. It just goes to show, again, I don't judge a book by its cover. If you've got these noisy neighbours come in, they might actually be... Quite nice people. Yeah, just because somebody watches well. Eurovision with their um, with their door open until midnight, yeah, like exactly. we do, doesn't mean well, they're horrible. Lovely. Just she, means they've got bad taste in music. She says she's very loud and outspoken, but I think she's quite insecure in a lot of ways. Mm. When I put Judy's, Judy's clothes on, it does feel like I'm somebody else because I wouldn't wear things like that. <laughs> um, Ian, on the other hand, on his Q and A, um, trivia fact number one: he didn't get into music at all until he was twenty-eight, and that's when he got his first record player. And he was like, he didn't know, never listened to the radio, never listened to any kind of music really before well, he was that's twenty-eight. Like us. So there we go. We don't. What is the radio this song now. on the trailer? Trivia fact number two: Ian Mercer has alopecia, and um, what, as soon as he got the job on Coronation Street, he said, he's, "You know, the fan mail starts coming in, and among those were other viewers who had alopecia, who um, kind of said, oh, it's lovely seeing somebody on TV with the same condition as me." Fact number three: He says it's very hard to play drunk because it's difficult to, to do so believably, um, and he uh, uh, don't. Don't tell Sally Matthews Well, that. he found it quite difficult, but he said that somebody gave him the advice that if you want to play drunk, you need to you need to pretend that you're playing somebody who is doesn't know how to be drunk, or somebody pretend what? to be pretend to be someone who's pretending to be drunk, or something like that, or so pretend to be someone who's doing a bad job of being drunk, and that means you'd be a good drunk. This reminds me of the scene in Extras where. I can't remember which character it is. He just says, just pretend. I just read the words on <laughs> the script and I pretend. I don't know. Um, his idea of a fun day out is Blackpool. So oh, it's quite lovely. nice that Gary ended was that, up Do you reckon that was there? a tribute to, to him? That the, the writers sent Maybe him off it to was. Blackpool? Maybe it was. Um, he's also quite into poems. Quite literate. Was, uh, was Ian. He says his favourite poem is Oh Captain, My Captain by Walt Whitman. Check yeah, it did. out, listeners. Well, that was in... Um, is it the dead presidents? I've got no idea. Um, it's a film, isn't it? And with, he um... liked nothing more than doing a bit of panto. He said, "I don't know whether he, you know, how much panto he did after Curry, but he said he he enjoyed being able to do it when he had the chance." 
And um, and that was it really. That is our is that the end of our trivia section and character profile. We've gone on for quite a long time. This is over an hour for Gary and Judy. I think they they earned um, a longer character profile because we did both enjoy them. Um, don't think we're going to be seeing Gary coming back onto the cobbles anytime soon. They've they've closed the door on them. But um, oh, I just kind of wish that they hadn't killed Judy off because I'd absolutely love for her to come back. As great as the death was. Sometimes you just think, oh, but, but what if, what if? But, you know, fair play on her. She wanted to spread her wings and try different things. And uh, What use are wings if you don't spread them? Exactly. As, as a wise man once, once said. What use are legs? If you don't walk on them. No, if you don't spread them. If you don't become a footballer. <laughs> no. That's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. with finding out a little bit about Gary and Judy if you hadn't watched it back then. And if you had, a little trip down memory lane for you there as we try to do our best with, with these classic character profiles. But that's one that I've been wanting to do for a little while now, so I'm glad that we got it out of our system. But this is also kind of like um, transitioning into what I want to do, my idea, which is to do storyline profiles. Yeah, because, I mean... There are lots of things that um, bridge across lots of different characters, and we kind of brush on them when we do character profiles. Hmm. But, you know, like... uh, the factory siege or the tram crash or, mm. you know, yeah, the, the Weatherfield one. All those storylines is something that we could um, do. Where we are going to Are you interested, soon. tell us, are you interested in us doing storyline summaries of like some really epic and classic uh, legendary Coronation Street tales? Let us know if you're interested because Michael's not convinced. I'm not completely convinced, but I am thinking we're going to run out of characters soon. <laughs> they they they've only, stopped making new ones. There's only so many characters that we can do character profiles on. Okay, right. We can make it to the 10th anniversary at least. That is Gary and Judy. Have you got any memories of them? Do you, Are you scared of drowning in the ocean? Do you like to spread your legs and fly? Would you what? like to go to Blackpool? Um, what's did your you like, favourite poem? Did you like the mallets or not? Because there's definitely oh, yeah, some people that absolutely question. hated them. But um, not I. I Is it, it's really interesting that as the years progress, um, the dissenting opinions get kind of lost in time, don't they? So like, um, quite a lot of the storylines that we have at the moment, there's, you know, people are debating on which side, but, you know history shows that one side wins and, and you know it gets recorded like remember the Abbey and Imran thing and how everybody thought Imran was awful mm. but at the time there was a bit more of a controversial opinion yeah yeah no, that's true very true I think we'll do I think we'll wrap it up for now and have our tea are you, are you out for that Yes. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank we'll you, be everybody. back this weekend Thank with you, our Mallet. thoughts on this week's Coronation Street. Don't forget as well, um, if you haven't been on our YouTube page recently, we have put something quite special up there this week, haven't we? There's a brand new trailer for Coronation Street going out around uh, at the moment for the Britain's, Britain's Got Talent Week Finals, which is back with a vengeance. And uh, they've done a very artsy-fartsy trailer for what's going on there, haven't they? And if you go to our YouTube channel, we have done a bit of a trailer analysis. We spoke for about 30 minutes on this one trailer stopping and starting and looking for details in the background and seeing whether we can come up with any wrong. theories or anything based on it so um yeah do head over to our youtube channel if you haven't and seen let's that know and like if you've got any different details. interpretations of the trailer or any ideas or theories yeah we have already had a few but, good comments but on please that. don't tell us spoilers and also if you can tell us how does timmy fit into the mallet story that would be great <laughs> as well 
And I think with that, we'll do for it. Um, we'll, 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 we'll That'll finish. do, Pig. Thank See you, later. everybody. Goodbye. The music of this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.